Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Football Podcast in association with Luke Williamson Art and the Football for Brains 21 quiz book. More on those two later on. Um, slightly different episode this time. Um, granted, it's been a while, but this is more of a, I don't want to say sombre or downbeat one, but it's a bit of a tribute episode um, to a few of the big names that have been lost in the last few months uh, in the footballing world. Um, we'll be covering uh, legendary commentator John Motson. Uh, Italian striker Gianluca Vialli and arguably, and I hate using the acronym GOAT, but quite possibly the greatest of all time, Pele. So going to be going over their careers, um, not in massive detail, because obviously there's been loads of tributes and that already done by various TV shows that have you know, had more time to do research than I have. But yeah, um, we'll be going over them and then there'll be the usual... Uh, usual features that we tie the show with, with the, the new music in the top six, the football manager story, the roundup of the uh, PFP, FPL. Easy for me to say. Um, and other things that I can't remember at the moment, but I'm sure we'll uh, come to later on. So that aside, it's time for kickoff. Starting off with... John Motson, uh, born 10th of July 1945, uh, died 23rd of February 2023. Uh, in 1968, uh, John Motson joined the BBC on Radio 2 as a sports presenter. Uh, his first radio commentary on a football match was Everton versus Derby in 1969. Uh, and then in 1971, he had his first TV commentary on a nil-nil draw between Liverpool and Chelsea, and that was on uh, Match of the Day. Uh, in 1972, he commentated on the infamous, famous, infamous, oh, yeah, one or the other, um, the match between Hereford and Newcastle, the replay where uh, Ronnie Radford scored that famous goal from long range on a pitch that I don't even think you could call it a pitch these days, uh, more like a mud bath. Uh, in 1977, commentated on his first FA Cup final as a late replacement for David Coleman. Uh, and then he made a quote about the Man United captain, uh, Martin Buchan. Buchan. Uh, the quote was, fitting that a man called Buchan should be the first to climb the 39 steps. And he was referring, of course, to the novel The 39 Steps by Scottish author John Buchan. Or Buchan. Again, if I've said that wrong, yeah, sorry. Um, between 1979 and 2008, he commentated on all bar two FA Cup finals. The only ones he missed were 95 and 96. Um, unfortunately, in 1989, he was at the FA Cup semi-final between Liverpool and Nottingham Forest at Hillsborough. And what started as him commentating on a football match soon turned into him commentating on a tragedy. And he was called up as a witness as part of the Hillsborough inquiry as well. Um he commentated on multiple World Cups and European Championships, um, 200 plus England games. And then what may well have been a highlight in his career, in 2015, he did the commentary and the narration for the CBB show Footy Pups. Now, as a first time parent in 2014, this was around about the time that my eldest would have been watching channels like CBeebies uh, and such. And not going to lie, I actually quite enjoyed the show. Um, not quite sure if my daughter did or not, but eh, well, um, such is life. 
Uh, Motson also featured on the FIFA football game series by EA Sports, uh, starting off on the 96 FIFA, uh, working alongside the likes of Ali McCoy, Stanley Gray, Des Lynham, Mark Lawrenson and Chris Waddle across his various um, commentaries on the games, uh, eventually replaced in 2006 by Clive Tildesley and Andy Gray. Uh, in September 2017, uh, Motson announced his retirement from the BBC with his last radio commentary being Arsenal versus Watford in March 2018. And his last TV commentary was the game at Sellers Park between Crystal Palace and West Bromwich Albion in May 2018. And in the 2001 Birthday Honours, uh, he was given an OBE for services to sports broadcasting. Next up, uh, Gianluca Vialli, uh, born 9th of July 1964, uh, died 6th of January 2023. Uh, Italian striker, uh, well known uh, amongst so Chelsea fans over here. Um, started his career with Cremonese, um, played for them between 1980 and 1984, uh, before moving to Sampdoria, where he spent eight years there, bagging 85 goals, winning multiple trophies, but we'll go over the honours in a bit. Uh, he then moved to Juventus in 1992 for a, a record fee, as it was at the time, of £12.5 million. Uh, just think what that would get you these days, probably barely even a squad player in a top division. Um, then moved to Chelsea in 1996 on a free, which I'm guessing that was a Bosman ruling. Uh, again, won various trophies there um, in terms of what he has won and I'll cover those I'll say in a bit he's one of only nine players to have won the three main European club competitions as they were at the time so you got your European Cup stroke Champions League uh, UEFA Cup and Cup Winners Cup he's the only forward to have done so and the only player to have had both runners up and winners medals from those three competitions as well so that's quite the CV. Um, internationally, he played for Italy 59 times, scoring 16 goals. Uh, it was part of the 1986 and 1990 World Cup squads, obviously 1990 being held in Italy, uh, and they finished third in that one. Uh, it was part of the squad for the uh, 1988 European Championships, where Italy made the semi-finals, and also part of the coaching staff um, for the Euro 2020 uh, winning team. So I think that was managed by Mancini, who he was very close with, um, the Sampdoria, uh, referred to as the, the Gold Twins, um, managerially. And he had a couple of jobs. Uh, first of that being with Chelsea, um, started off as player manager. Uh, and then that was only for a, a few seasons. Um I think from about 98. Yeah, I think 98 he became player manager after Rude Hullet got sacked. Uh, and then he only lasted till just into the 2000 2001 season as he was sacked after five games. Um, and it seems as though he was not in on the best of terms of some of the players at the times, but yeah, that is what it is. 
Um, his other job was with Watford in the 0102 season where they finished 14th in the first division as it was then, the championship as it is now. Uh, and he was subsequently sacked um, from that gig. Uh, Honours wise, quite a few. Uh, with Sampdoria, won Serie A in 1991, uh, the Coppa Italia in 85, 88, and 89. The Super Coppa Italiana, which I'm going to hazard a guess is the equivalent of our Charity Shield. Uh, that was in 1991. Uh, the Cup Winners' Cup won that in 1990 and was a runner-up in 1989. Uh, runner-up in the European Cup in 1992, so that's always Uh With Juventus, won Serie A in 95, as well as the Coppa Italia in 95, and the Super Coppa Italiana again in 95. Uh, won the Champions League in 96. Um, UEFA Cup was a runner-up in 95 and a winner in 93. Uh, with Chelsea, won the FA Cup in 97, League Cup in 98, and the Cup Winners Cup in 98. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, finished in third place with Italy in 1990's World Cup. Uh, as far as individual awards go, uh, he won the UEFA European Under-21 Championship Golden Boot in 1986 with four goals. Uh, he made the team of the tournament in the Euros in 88. Uh, it was the top scorer in the Coppa Italia in the 88-89 season with 13. It was the top scorer in the Cup Winners' Cup in 89-90 with seven goals. Uh, top scorer in Serie A in 1991 season with 19. He was World Soccer's World Player of the Year in 1995. Uh, got voted into the Italian Football Hall of Fame in 2015. And I'm not entirely sure what this award is, but it's on the list. And I'm damn sure I'm going to butcher the pronunciation because I'm not that good with Italian. But in 2018, he got the Premio Internazionale Giacinto Facetti, which is, if I'll just have a quick look on that, uh, it's the International Award for the Beauty of Football. Um, established in, 20, uh, in 2006, awarded annually to a football personality for their fair play and sportsmanship by the Milan-based Italian sports newspaper La Gazzetta dello Sport. So now you know. Uh, previous winners have included uh, Romelu Lukaku, Andre Pirlo, Paolo Maldini, uh, Gianfranco Zola, Eric Abidal. So yeah, there's a there's a few big names in there. It's fair to say. Um, as far as managerial awards go, or honours rather, uh, won the FA Cup in uh, 2000, the League Cup in 98, Charity Shield in 2000. Uh, Cup Winners' Cup in 98 and also the UA for Super Cup in 1998. Um, yeah, and that's all on Gianluca Viali. Now, on to the last one. And there's, there's probably nothing that I can say now that hasn't been covered at great lengths um, since this player passed away if you don't know the name Pele I'm not sure where you've been living possibly under a rock for the last however long um, real name 
Edson Arantes de Nascimento, born 23rd of October 1940, um, sadly passed away on the 29th of December 2022. Uh, playing career, he played for Santos between 1956 and 1974, and then had a couple of years with the New York Cosmos from 75 to 77. Uh, internationally, played for Brazil from 1957 to 1971, uh, being capped 92 times with 77 goals, which I believe is the out well, not outright top scorer, top scorer for Brazil, which I think was levelled by Neymar in the 2022 World Cup. Um, his name, or his, sorry, his nickname, you should say, Pele, actually came from his favourite player, Vasco da Gama goalkeeper, Billy, but he couldn't say it properly. And the more he said, you know, he sort of fought back against it being Billy and not Pele, the more that Pele stuck. Um, so, yeah. And I think it's fair to say that there's been some pretty decent players who have sported the number 10 uh, for either club or country, the likes of Zidane, Burkamp, Maradona, but then there's those that are in a class of their own, and by those, I mean one, and that's Pele. Before I go into his honours, as many goals as he has scored, he's probably known for two of the best, in inverted commas, misses of all time, um, both from the same World Cup. One was against Uruguay, where the ball got played over to over the top to him, and he's sort of done with the keeper. Ball's gone one side of the keeper, he's gone the other, He's tried to come back round the right-hand side of the ball to knock it into the goal, and he just knocked it inches wide. Um, I know a good miss, that's probably a bit of an oxymoron, but it is one of the best misses you will see. And the other one, uh, featuring England's own Gordon Banks, um, and that was in the night, again, the 1970 World Cup. Um, cross coming in from the right-hand side, Pelé, Got immense airtime, headed the ball down. Surely it's going in, but no. Banks gets down low to his right, flicks the ball out. And if you listen to the Three Lions song, there's commentary in there where he goes, what a save, Gordon Banks. And that's what they're referring to. But this isn't about the goalkeeper. This is about arguably the greatest footballer to have ever lived. Edson Arantes de Nascimento, a.k.a. Pele. Uh, Honours-wise, if I went through everything that Pelé's ever won, then we'd be here for quite a long time. Um, with Santos, he got the Campeonato Brasileiro Serie A, which I'm presuming is the Brazilian Championship, uh, in 1961, 62, 63, 64, 65, and 68. The Copa Libertadores in 62 and 63, the Intercontinental Cup in 1962 and 1963, the Intercontinental Super Cup in 1968, the Campeonato Paulista in 1958, uh, 1960, 61, 62, 64, 65, 67, 68, 69, and 73, uh, the Tony Rio Sao Paulo, uh, in 1959, 1963, and 1964. Uh, as far as for the New York Cosmos, uh, it won the North American Soccer League Soccer Bowl in 1977, uh, the North American Soccer League Atlantic Conference Championship in 1977, 
internationally, three World Cups, uh, 58, 62 and 70. The Taka de Atlantico in 1960, the Roca Cup in 57 and 63, Taka Aswaldo Cruz, in 1958, 1962, and 1968. Then the Copper Bernardo O'Higgins. That was a great name for a trophy. Uh, in 1959, individually, uh, it won the FIFA World Cup Best Young Player in 1958, uh, the FIFA World Cup Silver Ball in 1958, uh, France Football's Ballon d'Or in 58, 59, 60, 61, 63, 64, and 70. Voted the greatest player of the 20th century by World Soccer Magazine in 1999. Um, Athlete of the Century by Reuters News Agency in 1999. Athlete of the Century elected by the International Olympic Committee in 1999. And the World Player of the Century by the International Federation of Football History and Statistics in 2000. Uh, South American Player of the Century by the same organisation in 2000. Uh, FIFA Player of the Century in 2000 and was part of the Ballon d'Or Dream Team in 2020. Again, I don't think there's anything that I've mentioned there that hasn't been put through already and chances are I've missed quite a bit, but it will have already been covered. Um, If you want to see the misses that I was referring to um, from the World Cup, uh, just have a look on YouTube. You'll find them easily enough. and I can't imagine there's too many uh, results prior to that that come up with Pelé misses. Yeah, that's... My little nod to John Motson, Gianluca Viale, Viale, Gianluca Viale, sorry, and Pele. Right, on to the uh, normal segments now. Um, first up, we'll go with the uh, latest uh, incarnation, I suppose you call it, is the, uh, the FM story. Just call it FM story too, just for, because oh, it's just easier. Um, Right, into the new year, and January uh, started off with a 2-1 defeat away to Northampton. Uh, Kieran Bowie, Danny Hyten, and Louis Apparet with the goals. Um, yeah, they, we didn't offer too much on that one. Uh, ended up dropping to sixth uh, after that game, so not the best. Uh, next up was a home game against Doncaster Rovers. Another defeat, uh, 2-0 on this occasion. Uh, the goals coming from Aidan Barlow and Kieran Agard. Uh, next up was a home tie against Barrow. And yet again, another defeat. So after the Doncaster game, we dropped to seventh, um, with them being in eighth. So yeah, that, that was a close one in the league. Um, Barrow started the game in 11th. And then we ended up dropping to ninth after that one. Although, on the plus side, we did get on the scoreboard. Although it was one for us and three for them. A George Lloyd ha- George Lloyd hat trick for them. Um, a 28, 69 and 90. Uh, in between that, we scored pretty much on the stroke of half-time through Jaden Wareham. And then following that was a trip to Stevenage. And yet again... Another defeat. Uh, Jordan Roberts opened the scoring on 28. Then we decided to help out um, through an own goal from Adam Thompson on 79 minutes. And then Alex Gilby uh, rounded it off on 90 minutes. That ended up Stevenage 3, Leighton Orient 0. 
Um, they were 22nd at the time. So fighting for their lives. And yeah, we dropped down to 11th. So taking a bit of a tumble down the table. Um, and it was after this that we had the uh, dreaded board chat and ultimatum where they said basically you've got to get uh, nine points for the next five games. You'd like to think that that'd be easy enough, but bearing in mind that the confidence was at a D at this point and fan confidence was at a D. Yeah, well, it's hard to see where the next points are coming from. Um, next up was a trip to Prenton Park uh, to face Tramia Rovers. And again, as with the other games, we lost. Uh, Darnell Simeo uh, on 27 minutes was enough to settle the game. And, uh, yeah, all the red dots in January. Not a good start to the... In fact, quite a crappy start to the year, truth be told. Um, so, yeah, the, these nine points were not forthcoming anytime soon by the looks of it. Um, after that, we started February with our home tie against the real Wimbledon. Uh, that was one all. So we've got a point on the board. Hooray. Um, although... Really should have taken all three. Uh, they had a man sent off. Um, in fact, they had two men sent off. I'll just go back and find the actual... There we go. So, uh, George Marsh was sent off on the third minute. And then Harry Pell was sent off on the 26 minutes. But then <laughs> Wimbledon went and took the lead on 55 uh, through Alex Woodyard. And then four minutes later... Orient equalised through Ruel uh, Sotirau. Probably butchered that name, but yeah. So we come away with a point from that one, which was two less than we should have. Um, next game in February was a trip to the Bescot, uh, a ground you know not a million miles away from where I am, and it was a score draw, so we got a point. Um, yeah, Warsaw took the lead through Liam Kinsella on 19. And then they doubled their advantage on 22 through Tom Knowles. Uh, Jaden Wareham got one back on 43. Uh, Ruel Sotrio uh, equalised on 66. Then we only had the audacity to take the lead through 3-0 Archibald on 75 minutes. Um, Tom Knowles, though, got his second of the game, uh, made the score 3-3. And it was impossible from there to get nine points from the five games. So, uh, yeah, ultimately, I got the sack. So uh, that was fun. So that rounds off February. And, uh, yeah, we'll pick up in the next job, because there will be one um, in the next episode. So I hope you're looking forward to that. So new challenge, new team. New surroundings, same old story. We'll have to wait and see. Well, got a bit of catching up to do with this one. It's the uh, the five tier champs. Um, which got to go from the middle of February. Um, starting off in the prem, then uh, it was Liverpool. With that one, uh, they had just come off the back of a victory in the Merseyside derby, uh, 2-0 at home to Everton. So in the last run, they followed that up on the 18th of Feb with a 2-0 win away at Newcastle. 
Uh, a week later, they drew nil-nil at Crystal Palace. Uh, the 1st of March, they beat Wolverhampton Wanderers 2-0 at Anfield. And on Sunday, the 5th of March, they slightly dominated Manchester United. Um, it was only 7-0 at Anfield. Yeah, nothing too embarrassing, I suppose. They followed that up, though, with a trip to the South Coast and uh, to Dean Court or the Vitality, whatever it's called these days. And they ended up losing 1-0 to relegation-threatened Bournemouth. Um, so, as it stands, on the 11th of March, Bournemouth are the current title holders in the Premier League. Uh, championship, still Burnley. Uh, they're on quite a run. And 18th of Feb, they beat Luton 1-0 away. Uh, drew 1-0 away at Millwall on the 21st of Feb. Uh, then on the 25th, they put four past Huddersfield at Turf Moor without reply. Uh, a trip to the seaside proved goalless, though. Uh, 0-0 at Blackpool on the 4th of March. Uh, on the 11th, they beat Wigan 3-0 at home. And then most recently, on the 15th of March, they beat Hull City 3-1 away. So it's Burnley's title in the Championship, basically to do what the hell they like with it. Um, moving down to the next tier, into League One. And it's Big Dave Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, good on you, Darren Moore. So on the 18th of Feb, they beat MK Dons 5-2 at Hillsborough. Uh, then on the 25th, they beat Charlton Athletic at the Valley 1-0. Uh, the 4th of March, hard to read dates sometimes, uh, they beat Peterborough United 1-0 um, again at Hillsborough. And then on the 11th, uh, it was the Darren Moore derby. Uh, they beat Portsmouth. 1-0 at Fratton Park. So, it's the Owls currently uh, on top in League 1. All right, into League 2, and there's been uh, a couple of changes uh, since the last episode. Uh, Newport County were in charge. Uh, they went to Warsaw on the 18th of Feb and drew one all. Uh, then they went to Hartlepool, so a little bit further to travel than, uh, than the Black Country. Uh, on the 21st of Feb, they won 1-0. But then... Uh, Sutton United came to town on the 25th and they beat them 1-0. So the title goes from South Wales to South London. Uh, on the 4th of March, uh, Sutton drew one all at home with Crew, And on the 3rd, they beat Crawley. Uh, not the 3rd, sorry. Three days later, it's all the threes. Yeah, so on the 4th of the 3rd, one all at home to Crew. 7th of the 3rd, 3-0 at home to Crawley. And then on the 11th, they drew 0-0 at home to Barrow. And then uh, Grimsby rocked up on the 14th of March and beat them 1-0. So it's now the Mariners, who are the current title holders in League 2. Um, a little bit of a similar story in the conference. Sorry, I mean, uh, National League. So Eastleigh uh, went on a little bit more of a run. On 18th, they beat Maidenhead uh, 1-0. On the 21st of Feb, they beat Maidstone 3-1 away. Uh, on the 25th of Feb, they drew 0-0 at home to Bromley. And then on the 28th at home were York City. So they beat them 1-0. Uh, into March, on the 4th, they beat Scunthorpe 1-0 away. And then uh, Yeovil. They decided to upset the apple cart a little bit. So it was Yeovil 1, Eastleigh 0, and so it was the Glovers who took the title there. Uh, on the 11th, they defended it against Chesterfield away. Uh, that was 1-1. But then, 
it changed hands again. So on the 14th, uh, Barnet went to Yeovil and won 2-1. So it was currently Barnet who are the title holders in the National League. And that is your extended, shall we say, five-tier champs roundup. Again, uh, some catching up to do with uh, the next bit, which is the uh, PFP FPL. Uh, so we've got two rounds of the uh, League Cup competition to catch up with and four game weeks as well. So we'll try and get through those as uh, as easily as possible. Um, we'll go with the with the league first. So game week 24, uh, your top three were the Superlatives, uh, Luigi Glombard and LUFC making a trip into the top three. Uh, your bottom three, uh, bottom was Project Football FC, uh, 14th, Pain in the Glass, and 13th were the Away Day Warriors. We'll go through the points for the most recent game week. Um, game week 25, uh, the superlatives were still top. Uh, second place was taken by six times, and then Darkest 11 uh, jumped into third. And your bottom three were your bottom two are the same. So it's Project Football FC bottom, Pain in the Glass, 14th and 13th. Uh, much like his team in real life was UTT Rob with Comeback Carlos. So, uh, yeah, just for the record, Huddersfield, not doing great under Neil Warnock, are they, Rob? Uh, game week 26, uh, superlatives on top, six times in second and darkest 11 in third. So as you were from week... 25 and the same at the bottom uh project football fc pain in the glass and comeback carlos are your bottom three so game week 27 six times jump up to first place on 1656 superlatives drop into second with 1631 and darkest 11 holding on to third place with 1622 although luigi glombard is not too far behind on 1,605. Uh, your bottom three, Project Football FC, consistent as always, 1,261 on bottom. Uh, Pain in the glass, 1,274. And joining us in the bottom three now, after Comeback Carlos jump out of it, are the Bella Boys on 1,440. Although there's only 10 points to make up to Comeback Carlos to get out of the... Uh, the dreaded bottom three, drop zone, relegation zone. Well, there's only one division anyway, so can you get relegated? Technically not. Um, right, onto the cup then. So, the semi-finals saw six times take on Luigi Glombard and away day Warriors take on Reese's Pieces. So, six times got 78 in game week 25 and Luigi Glombard got 85, so that saw them through to the final. Uh, away Day Warriors, 86. Reese's Pieces, 68. So it's Away Day Warriors versus Luigi Glombard in the final, which was taken from Game Week 27's points. Away Day Warriors, 78. Luigi Glombard, 104. So a slightly convincing win there for Luigi Glombard. Uh, Paul Life from the Mariners, congratulations. You are the inaugural winner. 
of the Project Football Podcast Fantasy Premier League League Cup. Not going to get that engraved on a trophy because the trophy would be too big. But anyway, Paul, well done. Let's see if you can defend that next season. Um, so, yeah, that is the roundup for the uh, PFPFPL. As it's been a while and there's been a hell of a lot of new music come out uh, since this, the last episode of this podcast did, um, you're in for a bit of a treat. Uh, it's a double helping of the top six. Um, so, yeah, got a dozen tracks to go through and uh, might as well start with the first one. Uh, first up is Wes King with his song Mona Lisa. Oh, well, all these tracks are out now. Um so there's no worries about waiting for him to come out or anything. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, Wes King with Mona Lisa. Uh, Twitter is Wes King Music. That's Wes with a Z. Um, and Instagram is the same. So here's a little bit of Mona Lisa by Wes King. Next up is Luca uh, with his track. It's the opening track of it. No, not the opening track of his album. It's off his album anyway called Friday Night Rockstar. That's out now. Uh, this one is called Everyday Struggle and is featuring O Paolo. Uh, you can find Luca on Twitter at Luca, so L-E-W-C-A, and Instagram, Luca.music. So here's a little bit of Luca's Everyday Struggle. Every damn day I take the same destination Gotta get a work, I gotta pay them bills Pay for the nappies and them cheap ass wheels Nine hour shifts all day on your feet Five days a week just to make ends meet It's hard labour, yeah, I ain't done no crime I'm selling my life one day at a time Next, we've got the Kairos, uh, like the Egyptian city, but spelt with a K. Uh, and their new track is called the th- just called Thick of It, not The Thick of It. Uh, Twitter, they are at the Kairos One, and Instagram at the Kairos Band. So, for your listening pleasure, here is Thick of It by the Kairos. Thick of it. Uh, following on from that, we've got Ballado 
with paper airplanes. Uh, they are on Twitter at Balado underscore band and Instagram at Balado band. Uh, Balado spelled B-A-L-A-D-O, just in case. Here's their latest track, Paper Airplane. Next, we've got Box of Trash with Spaceman. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at Box of Trash Music, and it's the same for their Instagram. So here is a little bit of Box of Trash and Spaceman. Following on that, we've got the Avels, which is A-V-E-L-L-E-S, and their song 1045. Uh, their Twitter and Instagram are both at the Avels. So here's their latest offering, 1045. Height are next with their track Nowhere. Uh, Twitter, they are at the height band and Instagram at the height underscore band, just to confuse things. Uh, here we go with a little bit of Nowhere by the height. Maybe you should take some time to run Maybe you should take some time Maybe you should take some time to run Maybe you should take some time Cause this is the middle of Number nine, no, sorry, number eight, losing track here. Uh, the Silver Lines with Blow Dry. Uh, they are on Twitter at The Silver Lines One 
and Instagram at the Silver Lines UK. So here's a little bit of blow dry by the Silver Lines. at the end now and rounding off the starting off the last third of uh, the songs we've got Uno Mass so U-N-O-M-A-S uh, their latest song is called Stop Tweaking and you can get them on Twitter at Uno Mass Band and Instagram at The Uno Mass so here is Stop Tweaking by Uno Mass Almost at the end now with Hippie and Spoiled by Humans. Their Twitter is Hippie Music, but music with a Z. And Instagram is hippie.music. Music this time spelt the proper way. Uh, here's a little snippet of Spoiled by Humans by Hippie. Penultimate track is by uh, a band that you might well be familiar of if you listen to the short-lived podcast that I did with Reedy of Beat the First Man fame. Uh, we used one of their songs as the opening, uh, the intro music to that, which was called Enemies, banger, by the way. Uh, this is Skylights with their latest one, Rebellion. Again, this is a cracker as well, so give it a stream, download, whatever. Uh, Twitter. Skylights YRA and the same on Instagram. Uh, if you want a bit of rebellion by Skylights, you're in luck because here it is.
rounding things off for this uh, bumper episode, not episode, sorry, segment um, of your top six, even though it's been double that, but never mind. Uh, it's Marseille with their latest track, Thinker. Uh, they're on Twitter and Instagram, both at Marseille Band. Uh, this one's a beaut. So, again, I like the rest of them. Give them all a stream, listen, share them as much as you can, because if it wasn't for new music, you know, the world would be much worse off than it is. But here is Thinker by Marseille. And that is the end of another episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening to this particular episode, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, uh, you can find us on Twitter at proj underscore foot, Instagram at Project Football Podcast, Facebook if you just search for Project Football Podcast. Um, if you've got any suggestions for uh, the play on words feature where, when that comes back, which will be for the next episode, and it will be mashing football with the Beatles. So get your thinking caps on for that one. Uh, email is projfoot at gmail.com. So drop us a audio message if you want to do it on that. Or, yeah, anyway, anyway you want to get in contact, that's fine. Uh, Luke Williamson Art, you can find him on his website at lukewilliamsonart.com. Uh, Twitter at LT Williamson Art. And the Football for Brian's 21 quiz book. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at brains underscore 21. And there'll be the link for eBay uh, if you want to get a copy of the book yourself. There'll be all the social media links um, for the bands that were featured in the uh, top six feature this time round. So, uh, yeah, go out, give them a listen, stream, a share, whatever. Um, apologies if I seem to sort of rattle through that particular bit, but there was a lot more to get through than normal. Um, but yeah, as long as you enjoy the music, that's the main bit of, uh, that's the main reason for that. So yeah, uh, again, thank you very much for listening. We've now reached full time. So for me, it's goodbye and take care.